Welcome to American Football in Finland, where a few of us Americans in Finland discuss the football being played here every week. You can follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland or check out the latest show on perfectpurpose.com forward slash AFF. For mobile access to our podcast, subscribe to American Football in Finland on the iTunes podcast app and, on, and Android listeners can follow us on the Podbean app on Google Play. Right now you're hearing... Perfect purpose, and today I'm here with my co-host Jabari Harris. Hey, how's it, how's it going? Good to be back on the show, Purvis. We were trying to have some special go- uh, guest host for you guys today, but we had some scheduling conflicts, so it's just gonna be me and uh, Jabari Dolo today. That's like it always is. Today we're gonna talk about last weekend's Maple uh, League results, and we'll discuss next week's games as well. First, we'll go into the Week 9 games. On Thursday, the Wausau Royals upset the Helsinki Roosters 29-14 in Vasa, in Vasa, Finland. Uh, I'll start this one off. Just I'm just going to throw out stats out there, man. Three turnovers for the Roosters, zero turnovers for the Royals. The team that wins the turnover battle always wins the game. That's just the way it is. The Roosters, they got outplayed. There's nothing you can really say other than that. The Royals came to play, and they put it on them, and they showed that the Roosters can be beat. Now, do I think that this was a game that is indicative to, oh, well, this is the proof or this is the blueprint of how to beat the Roosters? No. I do not think this is the blueprint of how to beat the Roosters. I just think that the the Wassel Royals – Show everybody that after this Maple League break, we are ready to compete this season. And I'm really glad they did it because now it's just it's making the league look a lot better uh, standings-wise because now things are going to be a little bit tighter getting ready for the playoff race. Uh, what were your thoughts on it, Jabari? Well, I mean, watching the game, uh, I think that the Roosters were a bit sluggish. Uh, going and playing the Vasa Royals in Vasa every year since last year has been a tough game for them. And uh, going on the road versus this Vasa team, they were at home. They had key players back like Stacey Thomas, and they completely just outplayed them. It wasn't a matter of, oh, we came up with some new strategic coaching plan. Uh, we seen the Vasa players play better. And especially one player, Justin Solidaire. Uh Justin played a game where he had three TD passes and no interceptions. Simple. All right. On the other hand, our man Brandon Connett, two interceptions, one for a pick six, and a fumble lost. That mm-hmm. was the biggest difference in the game. Uh, looking at the statistics, uh, total offense, Roosters clearly had total offense. But third down in red zone, they weren't as efficient as they've been all year. And we have to give a lot of credit to that Vasa defense who looked much better. So going into the – this was, as you said, I agree with you. Going into the playoffs, we have a different type of picture now. And that's what's good for the league. On the other hand, that air raid – well, not air raid, but that pass-heavy offense that the Roosters had been running all season, uh, certain players had got limited. One guy I like to note, Bernard Luster. Three catches for only 40 yards this game. So I think that the Royals did a better job of preparing and just simply playing. Uh, but on the other hand, this was like 
for the Roosters, this this has happened to them the last two years. And last year, that team was the San Diego Crocodiles that upset them right before the playoffs and gave them a new motivation. So, like you said, I don't think this is just something that gives everybody all oh, this is the blueprint to beat them. But I think that this very much did reshape the league and what we think about the outcome of the end result of the Maple League. Uh, one last thing, uh, shout out to young F.A., uh, with his three and a half sacks in this game, I mean, he was the, the I think he was the MVP of the game, and he proved it that he no matter what his age is, that guy is a force on defensive line for the Wasser Royals. So big ups to him. He is a beast. I mean, and even with that being said, he finished the game with six point five tackles. So I think he had just as many tackles as Chris Young in this game, if I believe so. Yeah, if yeah, him and Chris Young both had six and a half tackles. It was a really a good game for the league. I'm looking at the standings right now with the Roosters with that one loss and then Royals, Huskies, Butchers all at five and two. It's a one game. It's a one game lead. Like if someone else knocks the Roosters off, we're looking at who knows. A toss up right now. Yeah, who's going to be one through four? Who knows? So definitely good for us uh, spectators. <laughs> Uh, I know the, the Roosters probably don't feel too good about it, but for us spectators, this was awesome for the league this year. And I, I'm really proud of the Royals. I know, I mean, I don't have a, a dog in this fight or anything, but we've talked a lot about the Royals this year, and y'all have responded, and we appreciate that. Like, that's what we wanted. We wanted to see that the Royals are a contender and not a pretender, and that's what they are. And damn it, I'm excited about this. But hey, man, that's been the thing from AFF, man. We've been firing people up all year this year. Hey, man, if y'all, if the team needs some motivation, <laughs> just send an email to perfectpurpose at gmail.com and let us know. We'll come by AFF. We'll come and tell you some things. <laughs> we'll get you all excited. We'll tell you how bad you are so you can play better. You know, it's a reverse psychology <laughs> thing. But uh, moving on, we'll go to the Saturday's game. Turku Trojans. Went to Porvo and they lost. Uh, Porvo Butchers won thirty-two to seven. Jabari, I'll let you lead off about this game. Oh man, there's so much that can be said, but then again, it's not a lot to say. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from this Porvo team. I mean, a lot of the speculation was how are they gonna be with the loss of Jordan Moore and the loss of their star running back Darian Hall and. They've replaced these guys with two new imports, and they haven't really missed a beat. Uh, one thing that we notice is, the, like we said, Porvu knows what they're good at. And this new quarterback, Danny Farley, they didn't ask him to come in and be different from Jordan Moore. He didn't have to come in and try to throw the ball everywhere. He threw the ball 16 times, 127 yards, and a TD. On the other hand, the Butchers still rushed for 248 yards. So that's the identity of their team, and that's what they do well because that's what their offense is shaped up to do. Turku took a few steps back from what we had been seeing them do the last two weeks. I mean, they got me all excited. They were scoring points. They were moving the ball. They go out and get it almost beat by 30 this game. But then I still have to give credibility to that poor boot defense. This is a team that we said in the beginning is going to be a wild card. We said they were going to be one of this team that surprises everybody. Well, they're right now in the hunt for the second, third place. 
and I think right now they're probably in the third place uh, seeding. So I mean, the second, third place seeding. So Porvoo has a lot of good things going on, and I think that I'm excited to see them play the Roosters again and see what kind of competition they're going to be. Turku, on the other hand, guys, keep fighting, keep growing. I'm really hoping you guys pull off uh, a win this year. I, um, there hasn't been a lot of teams besides Vonta Tav that have had winless seasons and stayed in the Maple League. So I'm hoping you guys at least get one. This game was kind of – it was pretty much cut and dry. Uh, Butchers came out, they put it on them, and then Turku went home. That's, that's pretty much all you can <laughs> say about it. Uh, it's hard to just go into the specifics because these teams both played to where you thought they were going to play. I think when I when I guessed the score for the game, I said thirty four to ten, so I was pretty close. It was thirty two to seven. You so was you was very close. I was I was pretty close. I I figured that the Trojans would find a way to score as they did. Their offense they're not built for this type of game. Um, they need to run the ball. Juice he only had fifty seven yards rushing. He had 17 attempts. Uh, I think his average was 3.4 yards. That's not going to get them there. He needs to have one more attempts. There needs to be 20 rushes from that guy every game. No less. I don't care if 17 is close. He needs 20 rushes, and he needs to be getting closer to 100 yards on those 20 rushes. If he needs 25 rushes to get 100, he needs to be rushing for 100 yards. They got to find more innovative ways to get him the ball. Um, I do think that them running that shotgun formation to give him the ball is limiting his downhill ability. And I think that's something that they might want to look into if they want to get him those carries and get his average up like they like they said that they wanted earlier in the season. But other than that, Portland defense, them boys are shut down, man. Like you can't run on them and they weren't going to let anybody pass on them especially from a team that doesn't have a lot of options at receiver, even though I would like to give a shout-out to the receiver, uh, Turkunen. I don't know how to say his first name, so I'm just going to say his last name, Turkunen. Uh, he was he was doing work later in the game. Of course, early in the game, they couldn't get a lot going. Zach Barlow is passing decently. I don't want to say he needs to do any more because this is a running offense. Turku has to figure out a way to run the ball. Even against a stout defense like the Porville Butchers, they have to figure out a way to run the ball. From the Butchers, offensively, Ricky Stevens, man, 241 yards, three tubs, averaging nine yards a carry. You can't you can't be more excited for this team getting ready to go into the, the final stretch of Maple League play. They're doing what they want to do when they want to do it. They're running the ball, and when they want to throw a pass, they throw a pass. If they want to run the ball, they just keep running the ball. They don't have to do anything outside of themselves. In football, this is what you want. You want to be able to impose your will on your opponents, and that's what the Butchers did in this game. They did a great job of it, and defensively, as usual, a lot of standouts. You got Sebastian Carbon was leading in tackles with eight tackles. Troy Roach did his thing. Nico Royko had an interception. Tommy Padatsu had two sacks. They had a, a lot of statistics, a lot of people involved. The defense just immersed the entire game. And then offensively, they just pounded it, just pounded it, did it explosively for over 240 yards. Nothing you can say, but 
Good game, Butchers, man. Good game. But, hey, on the bright side for Turku, you guys did win the turnover margin. <laughs> there you go. You won on turnovers. You only had one. The Butchers had two. Uh, going to the, the last game that happened on Monday night, the Hamelina Huskies escaped an upset from the Senegal Crocodiles 22-17. to Jabari, I'll let you lead off with this one. Go ahead. My heart is broken. I was so <laughs> close. I was so close. Uh, I picked I picked Sanioka to win this game, not because I doubted the Huskies or I don't like them or anything, but i just seen the potential, and I've seen the Sanioka team uh, taking steps forward. So that's the first thing I say. Hey, win or loss, you guys are doing the right things. You're still going forward. But, guys, we cannot blow games like the way that they did. Uh, one thing that I'm have to say, um, this was a game that was almost seemed to be fairly even. Hamelina missed, again, some key players in Roman Runner that weren't really just in this game. I don't know what they got going on over there, but they're a different team in the second half of the year. Sanioki, on the other hand, they are playing much better football, especially offensively, for the simple fact that they're scoring points. Uh, I hate that Brett got hurt later in the game, but Brett, hey, you did a good job. I called you out four weeks ago, and since then you've been playing like a different man. Uh, I don't really – it's not so much that I can say. I still feel that Sanioki was supposed to win this game, and I'm bitter about it because <laughs> they worked so hard. I will put it out there. Pretty much we're always looking at stats, so I'm going to throw these stats out there. Total offensive yards. One team had 330 one team had 119. Now, which team do you think had the most total yards? The Huskies or the Crocodiles? To be honest with you, you would think that Hamelina had the most. They did. You're right. Hamelina had 330 yards total offense. Crocodiles had 119. Okay? Statistically, the Huskies were almost three times as good as the Crocodiles. But you have to watch these games, guys. You got to buy your route to pay your subscription or or take your ass to Sinayoki and watch these games. <laughs> Whatever you got to do. You got to watch these games. You have to. Hamelina was never in control of this game. It never looked like Hamelina was going to win this game. And you know why? Because Hamelina had five turnovers. They had two interceptions, one in the red zone, in the end zone on a horrible pass. And then they had three fumbles that turned the ball over to the Crocodiles. The Crocodiles were very opportunistic in this game. I don't want to say that their defense was great because it wasn't. It was average. They gave up 300-something yards of total offense to the Huskies. They gave up the yards that you would expect. Offensively, they struggled. They scored when they should have. When they had the ball in good position, they scored. And you got to appreciate that because that means they got that fire. They got that desire, that that attitude that, hey, if you if you mess up, I'm going to make you pay for it. And that's what Crocodiles did. And I commend them for that. But if you watch this game, the Humbling Huskies blew this game. Now, did they do what it took at the end in the last two minutes to go down and score and win the game? Yes. Congratulations. You eked it out against a team that had no quarterback. And I don't mean – Oh, well, their backup wasn't good. I mean, they had no second quarterback on the team. 
their most productive receiver, Anthony Brooks, had to go play quarterback for them to finish this game, not to just play. He was there because they had no one else, and it showed. They also lost their running back in this game, so they couldn't even run the ball once they put in. The Crocodiles were winning this game 17-14 to and just holding on for dear life, and they held on until the last two minutes of the game, and they showed that if Brett Aravey had been there, I have no doubt in my mind that the Senio Crocodiles would have scored another at least one more time in this game. And probably this would be an upset that we're talking about right now. So I don't know how to say this nicely, but Homily and the Huskies, get your shit together, okay? <laughs> you stated it, Jabari, that, okay, Roman Runner wasn't there. Okay, that's one guy. And yes, I've said that he's an MVP candidate this season. But if you're really telling me that taking one guy off of your offense means that you're going to throw two interceptions and have three fumbles, then y'all have bigger problems than anyone else in the Maple League. Because that is not the case. Roman Runner did not throw two interceptions, and he did not have three fumbles. He does not make up for those five turnovers. Those five turnovers define this game. The reason I keep talking about these five turnovers is because these turnovers are catalysts. These are momentum swings. These are big plays for the other team. These plays gave the Crocodiles the confidence they needed to score on offense, even though their offense is not as good as the Homily and the Huskies defense. But they had confidence. They had momentum. And the Huskies gave them this. And we've noticed in the last two games before when the Huskies lost, these were the things that happened. Big plays for the other teams. So the thing that I'm noticing from the Huskies is that you take away Roman Runner, and where's the big playability from that offense? Now, when I say that, I will backtrack. Nico Lester was out there doing his thing, okay, by his damn self. There was no one else out there helping him. But he also was one of the guys that fumbled the ball. So just as well as he, I'm giving him kudos for doing what he did well in that game. He made a lot of really good catches, a lot of big plays for them. But when it comes down to it, those negative plays they had, that's the reason that they're in a three-way tie for second place instead of being on the top of the league standings right now. It's because they're playing like a team that's average. They're playing like a team that needs stars to make up for the fact that they have no depth behind them offensively. They have a lot of finished guys playing on the offensive side of the ball behind their imports, and that's who played in this game, and that's why it was so close for so long because there's no breakout plays. These guys aren't making big plays to help them. They're only making big plays that hurt them with the interceptions, the fumbles, the turnovers. I feel like I'm rambling, so I'll just let you say what you got to say. I mean, I agree with you 100%. And for those of you that listen to the podcast and say they're always talking shit, no, we're speaking football. And one thing, the bright side about all of this with five turnovers, Hamelina still proved to be good enough with five turnovers, which in football eventually equals to an L, uh, they were able to pull off this W. For Sanioke, it's so sad because they finally got – things rolling in the right direction and again they lose somebody so i'm hoping that brett's okay i hope that the other guys that were injured okay but for hamelina 
right now, I think that it's just it's coming down to a heart check. Okay, they started the season hot. They played against, in my opinion, some of the lower quality teams in the league. But even now, what I'm liking, even teams like Sanioki that we've seen at the bottom of the standings are still putting up fights with some of these top-tier teams in the league. And that's what's good about the league right now. For Hamelina, we're going to call you guys out the same way that we called and picked on the Vasa Royals. Not because we don't like you. Not because we don't like Stan. Not all this other bullshit that spectators say. It's because we are just like everybody else. We see this team for what everybody else saw this team to be. You started out the season putting up 50, 60, and 70, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you got everybody hyped up for you and the Roosters game. It probably was sold out. And since that ass whooping, you have not bounced back. So now we're seeing teams like Vasa that have came back out and stepped their game up. We're here challenging you to do the same thing because we know you can do it. Your defense is still one of the top defenses in the league, and statistically, your offense is still ranked amongst the top three or four. I'm going to say it as simple as Purvis said it. Get your shit together and put it back together so we can see you play some quality Husky football again. All right, last thing I'm going to say <laughs> – Ooh, our language is getting tough out here. Sorry. But uh, <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking while we were talking about it, like, okay, these teams have already played each other earlier in the season. And the Crocodiles were one of the victims. The Huskies beat the Crocodiles 60-6 to earlier in the season. And now you're looking at a 22-17 victory. For the Crocodiles, that's progression. For the Huskies, that's regression. What we really want to know is, what has changed since week four and week nine of the season? The difference now is that there's film on what the Huskies do. So teams know what they do that well, that they can't do it well anymore? Or are the Huskies just not doing anything new? I'm not sure. I'm not saying – I'm not watching – I'm not studying film on these two teams. But if I beat a team 60-6 to six, – I expect it to be somewhere around there later on in the season because I'm going to do what I did well then and add to it. But that's not what we're seeing from the Huskies. We're seeing a regression. We're seeing an offense that is putting up 300 yards of offense when we really want to see four or 500 from an air raid team. And why is that happening? I don't know. I'm not the guy to tell you, but like we said, y'all better get it fixed because you don't want to hear this every week when you got people like Jabari Harris throwing out MF bombs out here. You don't want that every week, okay? We'll move on. I don't know how. I feel like this escalated. <laughs> we, the sports fans, are getting frustrated. So we'll spend this time to talk a little bit about the standings in the league now. That's cool with you, Jabari. We talk about standings. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we'll talk about the standings. And first, I'll just read them out so we know where everyone is. First place, you have the Helsinki Roosters, who are 6-1. Second place, you have the Royals at 5-2. Third place, the Huskies at 5-2. Fourth place, the Butchers at 5-2. And, and we all know 2 through 4 is pretty much the same thing. And then in fifth place, you have the Crocodiles at 2-5. Sixth place, the Saints at 1-5. Excuse me. And last place so far this season at 0-7 are the Turku Trojans. So, just initial thoughts on the standings after nine weeks. 
It's exciting for football, okay? In my opinion, it would have been better if the Crocodiles had won because they'd be three and four, and the Huskies would be four and three, so they would be closer. But uh, even with – in the last game they played against the Huskies, they showed that they're doing nothing but getting better and that they could be a force late in the season. I think if anybody is the team that's going to ruin other teams' chances for seeding in the playoffs, it's going to be the Crocodiles. They're going to be a team that can maybe upset any team in the league and give that team a loss when they expect it to have a win. And it could change how they go about playing the rest of the season. And other than that, it looks really good to have the Royals, Huskies, and Butchers all tied right now. Because in all honesty, those three teams are playing very similar. I think out of those three teams, the Butchers are the best team. They lost to the Royals purely due to injury, but it is what it is. So now they're all in the same boat, and it's going to make a great finish for the end of the season. I have to agree with you. Uh, honestly, if I was to do a power ranking rather than the standings, I would have the Butchers somewhere between two and third because I think that right now they're playing probably better than the Huskies, and they probably look a little bit more stronger as a powerhouse team than the Huskies do. But, hey, standings are standings based on stats and other political things that really don't dictate football all the time. (laughs) However, I think that you're right. The league is probably as close as it's been in years, and this is exciting. I really wish that my crocodiles would have pulled it off because I was so close to winning 300 euros, but it's okay. (laughs) Brett, I'm going to put my money on you eventually again, and you're going to make it happen. Uh, But I think the top four is exactly what it needs to be. Uh, The Roosters had a wake-up call this week, but they're still the number one team in the league. The Royals are proving why we thought at the beginning of the year why they could possibly finish, let me quote it correctly, the number one seed in the regular season. Because when we said that, everybody was like, oh, my God, AFL predict them to win the Maple Bowl. We clearly did not say that. But anyways, they're proving, and they have proved by beating the Roosters why they could have been a number one seed. Uh, Huskies, not going to say too much about you guys. You're still a top team. You still have a winning record. You still can get better. Just got to put it all together. Butchers, hey, I'm liking what you guys are doing. Keep your eyes open for those Butchers because they can work their way into that Maple Bowl. I was going to throw out there about what you're talking about with the Royals. If you go to perfectpurpose.com and look at my my preseason predictions, I had them coming in first with two losses. So technically, if they win out, I could have been right. I don't know. I'm just saying. I could be right. I could be wrong, but I could be right. So Man, you know, right. regardless if we're right, we're wrong. So we're going to say we're right, but we still going to be wrong. Yeah, that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Maple League teams are back in action on Thursday with the Tampa the Saints and the Helsinki Roosters. And then on Saturday, the Simeoki Crocodiles will be at the Porvo Butchers. And finally, Monday night, the Homelina Huskies are going to be at Turku Trojans. We'll now take this time to pick our winners for this week's matchups. Uh, we'll pick who we believe will win. We'll give a short explanation of why, something like two or three sentences. And we'll finish with our prediction of the scores. Also, we're going to post what picks we had and our co-host, our silent co-host, Robert Johnson, has sent in his picks. And our guest co-host, he wasn't able to be here today, but he did give us his picks, so we'll just tell you what picks he had as well. 
So we'll start with the Thursday game first. Uh, Tampa the Saints at Helsinki Roosters. Who you got, Jabari? It's no doubt. The Helsinki Roosters, they're going to take this W. I think the Roosters are, in every aspect of the way, um, a better team. I think that after the loss to the Royals, they're now more motivated to get back to their winning ways, but to also make a statement. So if that's going to be the case, poor Saints, I'm sorry that you have to be on the end of the redemption, but the Roosters are coming to kick your ass this week. I'm going to go with the Roosters as well. The Roosters are a good team. Everybody knows that. And also, the Saints defense is Swiss cheese. Everybody knows that. Ain't nothing but holes in there. I'm going to keep saying it till I see something else. So it's just there's no way that they're going to upset this team this week. It's just going to be probably be a blowout just the way the game is. Uh, our guest host also said that the Roosters would win. And our silent host, uh, Rojo, also said the Roosters are going to win. So that's a clean sweep. We believe the Roosters are going to beat the Tampa the Saints. Let's do some predictions. Give us a score, Jabari. Uh, if I can predict the score, I'm, I'm going to be a bit nice. I'm not just going to. Uh, okay, I'm giving it 56 to 0. 56 to 0. And that's being nice. That is very nice. You know what? I'm going to be just as nice, if not nicer, and I'm going to say the score is going to be 47 to 7. 47 to 7. That's what I'm going with. I believe, yeah, that's very nice. Personally, I believe that the Roosters are a stand-up organization, and they will put in their subs and allow the Saints to get one scrub TD late in the game. So on Saturday, the Sinioki Crocodiles are going to be at Portville Butchers. Who you got, Jabari? Okay, I'm going to have to go with the Portville Butchers this week. Uh, I think Sinioki is going to eventually upset somebody, but it won't be the Butchers this week. All right, I'm going to agree with you. I think the Butchers are just too good of a team. One thing that we've noticed from the Butchers, they aren't one of those teams that, that let stuff happen to them that you don't expect. Even the loss that they had against the Royals, they played their game the way that you expected them to play. There just happened to be an injury in that game that kind of derailed them. But they never seem to be the team that's going to just, like, give up a lot of big plays that changes the momentum and changes what's happening in the game. And that's what the Crocodiles need for an upset is they need someone to give them an ounce of momentum, give them some goodwill. And the Butchers aren't going to give them any of that. They're just too solid overall. Our silent host, uh, Robert Johnson, he chose the Butchers as well. And our <laughs> guest host, who was supposed to be here, he actually chose the upset from the Crocs. So we'll just let that sink in. We'll just let that sink in. He won't be able to tell us why. But uh, let's get with a prediction. What's your score prediction, Jabari? Uh, I think that this one's going to be more tighter than the one we predicted before. But the way the Butchers are playing with that run game, uh, I really think that Poor Boo is going to have another week where they put up 35 points. So I'm going to say 35 to 7. It's very hard to predict the score because we don't know about the quarterback situation for the Crocodiles. Because I think yeah. that, that really would change how I'm going to predict the score. But predicting the score is just random numbers anyways. So I'm going to go with 34 to 3. Ooh, that sounds about right. I think that's the same. And that's what I was thinking. Nobody knows if Brett's playing and if they're going to have to play the same type of offense they played in the second half of the Samalina game. That's that's a realistic outtake. And and their kicker, uh, 
Tom, I want to say Natri. Is that how you pronounce the last name? I mean, he's he's made some pretty good kicks for them. So if they get within yeah, range. They can get those three points, probably yeah. even more. Yeah, get one, them in field goal range. Yeah, one of the few teams in the league that is consistent from three point, I mean, from field goal range this season. So that's always a good thing for them. Last game for week 10, Humbling the Huskies at the Turku Trojans. Who you got and why? <laughs> I had to laugh, but of course, I'm going to go with the Huskies this week. Uh, I, I think that the Huskies are still a better team than the uh, Turku Trojans. Uh, the Trojans are just struggling, and they've been struggling. There's no point to say about more how they're struggling. But I think that the Hamelina Huskies are still good enough to come out and beat them regardless of how many mistakes and turnovers they make. Uh, Turku's offense has not have been productive enough for them to be able to compete. So I think that just the Huskies' defense being solid and their offense being able to make some plays is enough to beat the Turku Trojans right now. I'm going to agree with you. I, I definitely think the Huskies are going to win this game. Um, after watching them play against the Crocodiles, though, I'm not too confident on how they're going to win it. I believe that they have a better team, and that's why they're going to win. And a lot of it mostly has to do with Turku more than the Huskies. Turku's team is not built to complement each other. Their defense is okay, and their offense is subpar. So... I think that having an average offense and an average defense against the Huskies, it kind of falls into play what the Huskies want because the Turkey Trojans are going to give up those big plays on both sides of the ball to the Huskies, and that's going to compound into a bigger score than what the actual difference is in the two teams. So definitely the Huskies winning and probably by a large amount. Uh, Our silent host, Rojo, he chose the Huskies. And our guest host who couldn't make it this week, he also chose the Huskies. So let's get into score predictions. Jabari, what you got? I think this game may get pretty ugly. Uh, I think that the Turku Trojans really don't have any answers on defense. So I think that if Hamelina shows up being the Hamelina, they were the first two or three weeks of the season, they're probably going to beat this team probably 60-3. to I give them a field goal. I'm going to go... I, I really like that 60-3. to I don't want to steal it from you, though. So I, I'm going to go with 56-6. to six. I think that if the Huskies keep playing the way they are and giving teams opportunities, the, the Trojans will eventually be able to put together maybe two field goals in this game. That's what I'm saying. But that's our picks this week. So just to recap them, Tampa Saints at Helsinki Roosters on – Thursday night, we all have the Roosters winning that game. Senyoki Crocodiles at Porvo Butchers on Saturday. Everyone has the Butchers except for our guest host who has the Crocodiles winning in an upset. And then for the last game, Humbling the Huskies at Turku Trojans. Everybody has the Huskies winning that, those games. So those are our picks this week. Uh, if you follow us on Facebook, we'll post it up there so you can hold us to it. So from last week's games... Perfect Purvis, I was 2-1, and one, meaning I had two games right, one game wrong. Robert Johnson was also 2-for-1. He had two games right, one game wrong. Jabari Harris was 1-for-2. <laughs> he had one game right, two games wrong. And our guest host last week, Helsinki Roosters defensive back Curtis Slater, he was two games right, one game wrong. So, so far this season, 
Everybody is two and one except for Jabari. You're the only one with a losing record. So after this week, we'll add these into the games as well and see what our records are. That's it for us this week on American Football in Finland. I'm Perfect Purvis with my co-host Jabari Harris. Thanks for having me back on the show. We look forward to working with you next week. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland or check out the latest show on perfectpurvis.com forward slash AFF. For mobile access to our podcast, subscribe to American Football in Finland on the iTunes podcast app. And for you silly Android listeners, you can follow us on the Podbean app, which is on Google Play. It's a whole situation, but just look for American Football in Finland. All right, we'll see you next week. See ya.